Okay, first let's start here. Is there anything? Because we we just did a show. It feels like we just did a show, but um, did we cover everything under paganism that you wanted to cover? Because we um, we got on our friends got on and we were just like, hey, everybody come hang yeah, out. And it, it turned into a, a really whole different. <laughs> I think I think the we what we didn't get to is some of the ways. Um. So the the you know the mutability of nature of natures in paganism i think we didn't get to mutabilities really. in nature mm. yeah the um and uh and we didn't the the we didn't really get to the eschatology of paganism which i think it would have been fun to oh. talk about a little bit okay well let's do it the mutability of paganism the, the Did... eschatology of paganism i think would be the the thing the thing okay that i think yeah can you give us um, a recap then kind of of paganism and how it operates and um because my head you know part of it part of it and i gotta apologize to you man i was like trying to run all the things and i was not listening as well as i normally listen when it's just us and i was trying to run twitter i was trying to write youtube and i was trying to run yeah. uh spaces and i still i think i figured out what was going on with spaces next time we do it okay we'll do a better i'll do a better job but I think next time I'm going to have somebody else run all that stuff and I can just talk you. Oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah. So that way it's not, I'm not distracted. Yeah. I, well, we, cause we, we talked about the tribalism, which I think is really important to recognize. Um, so tribalism. So the way that paganism gives an identity is, um, by is by group membership. So group membership is taken to the very top and made the most important aspect um, in to to the point that in um, in tribal pagan societies, the uh, well, in all in in really in all pagan societies, if you're in the in group, if you then you are human. And if you're outside the in group, you're not human. So in imperial paganism, that has to do with citizenship citizens are humans everyone else doesn't have the the rights of a human um so you the it's not um you know so you're not when you enslave somebody well they're in the slave class so it's okay if you're in india in imperial india if you're at the top then there's untouchables at the bottom that literally don't deserve your pity even um even though their lives are hard and they're in pain and they're, you know, because they're not a part of your caste your your the caste system is a pagan ideal. Um, but then in tribal paganism, if you're in your clan or if you're in your tribe and they're in their tribe, your clan, their, your, their clan, then they don't have the, they, because they're outside your group, they are not um, the same kind of, being as you and so you don't have you don't have to give them the same sort of of love and care and you know that that you do if they are a part of your group and so this is what jesus is getting after with the good samaritan he's getting after that pagan mindset that had settled into because of i think the amount of time they'd been in the empire um and because of the the worship practices that they had um well, idolatry. They had, they right? had, yeah, the because idolatry. 
when the, when the law comes in, it destroys those pagan ideas as well, doesn't it? Because the law is saying, no, this applies to as a sojourner in your land, it applies to you. Everybody, it changes the idea, so everybody's equal under the law, even your slave, right? Matter of fact, you have a limit on how long someone even can be a slave. Yeah, right, right, because because there isn't a slave class, right, right. You there, um, because it's because the the slavery generally is because of poor economic decisions, not because of the caste that they're in or the class that they're in or the tribe that they're in or in Israel, any of those things. It became restitution, right? Right. Yeah, That's what it became. Yeah, exactly. Like, okay. And there was a time of uh, you know jubilee where it's like seven years. That's all you got. That's all. That's it. Right. And and just so, just to add one more thing on that too. And so when you were even given loans, if somebody was like, it was at a seven year period where you would forgive all debts, God even was very careful to say, no, if you are at that seven year period, and you're like, oh, this person's not going to be able to pay me back. He still requires you to say, no, do what's right and just, give them a loan, and he will be the rewarder for, for doing that. So, you know, if you say this person is taking out a loan and you're like, there's no way I'm going to be able to pay it back in six months, and that's when the seven year cycle ends and I have to forgive the debt, God's like, don't. Think about the time frame in which it ends. I think this is in Deuteronomy. He's like, no, go ahead, give, do what's right, and God will take care of you. So there's a lot of protections for people that are not um, necessarily even citizens, but that's particularly to Israel. Right, right. So, but <clears throat> the reason that the Good Samaritan hit so hard is because Israel, um, the Israelites in the story, as Jesus tells it, are all acting like pagans. <laughs> Yeah, because they've 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 walked into idolatry, and so they're mm -hmm. yeah yeah. So their worship, they're becoming like what they worship, and mm. and then the Samaritan acts like a true Israelite, right? In the story, the Samaritan acts the way an Israelite ought to, and the reason that an Israelite ought to act that way is because that's what God is like. That's what their God is like, and that's the point of the story. I'm sorry, that to, that's what their God is like. I'm sorry to sidetrack you, but I just thought about something we don't say enough which is idolatry is directly connected to our economic realities. And we think that we can replace a system and that fixes the, the, the problem that we have economically. Well, the problem is the feds. Well, no, actually you, you, you have an idolatry problem and the feds are the result of your idolatry. Right. Right. And we keep on thinking that there's another way to get past this apart from repenting of our, our sins. Anyway, I was just thinking about when you said that. Yo, no, you're absolutely right. And I think what, so, th and this is why something like Marxism, when it comes along, we don't recognize that it's really just paganism. Mm. Right? Um, we don't, and we, but we don't recognize it because we had already fallen into the similar idolatry as a culture that Marx was working in. Right. And so what he did is gives he gives um, he systematizes and gives economic names um, to the magic system that he's setting up. But it's witchcraft. But we had already agreed on the witchcraft. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? yeah. We had already, right. Yeah, we had already we had already agreed. Well, it's some sort of witchcraft. Right. It's uh, there's some sort of the, the metaphysics of magicians had already settled on them. Mm. because of their idolatry and so when he comes along and he just says hey i found the knobs and levers to control the system then 
um, there were people that were like, yes. And then the other people were like, no, the knobs and levers are over here, right? Rather than saying, where economic prosperity is a gift from God direct. When you worship God, economic prosperity follows uh, to a culture, um, a, a culture that uh, that doesn't worship God. Um, I don't think, I don't want to say culture, a people group. <laughs> It's come to that. I, I have questions for you about that. So you just, you just, I have questions. Keep yeah. going. So <clears throat> it's not the culture is not a thing. It's just, it's an abstraction. It's not a well, thing. Okay. You got to do, you got to explain what you just did. Why, why don't you want to use culture? Because I think any other time we probably would have, but there's something that you're thinking about that makes you say, yeah, let's not yeah. use culture. Because, <clears throat> so because culture the culture has been is being subtly redefined mm. right now and i think it has been slowly being subtly redefined and given a metaphysical uh given a metaphysical uh makeover <clears throat> because culture is a is used to be a series of adjectives that people shared in common right it's not it's not a thing um like when you say hey go grab me two you say well two what two what you you know so well no, just go grab me two you say well it can't two's an adjective mm. you'll go hey go grab me blue well blue what but i can't grab blue blue's an adjective um an adjective doesn't have a substance mm. um in and of itself an adjective is a descriptor of something that has a metaphysical reality a noun right um Bruh, and, okay okay I, I, so do yeah. you see what i'm saying right so culture culture originally what a culture when you say oh well what's the culture it's the series of adjectives that kind of a, a group sort of shares basically it's not really a thing a culture a culture is not a thing so you said uh, culture is not a noun right yeah, culture is not a noun. It's culture is an abstraction, right? It's you're abstracting from the nouns. Here's the adjectives that describe this people, uh, this people group. But the people group, the metaphysical reality of the people group, is around something that has a substance. So, um, a language, a uh, a space, right? They all live in the same neighborhood. Maybe they live in the same city. Um, a uh, something that. Uh, a covenant right they're they mm. are the citizens of a particular state they're citizens of a county those those are covenants they're citizens of a um of the of a nation right they're um they're citizens of a church they uh so you've got um there are things to describe people that are real but a culture is actually just not a thing like it's just a it's it's a metaphysical abstraction um, but it's because of our empiricism um, and because of our pagan assumptions, we are starting to, we're, we're feeling more and more comfortable just saying that a culture group is somehow a reality, right? That group of people shares this love of curry, Okay, so, right or but, something, right? So you say, well, that's an adjective about a group of people, 
Um, but what makes them a people? It's not their love of curry, right? Like there's got to be a covenant somewhere. There's got to be a uh, mm. something that that God uses to describe, right? A language, a language, you know, something. And um, and so I don't want to, but it's so easy to fall into because you know there is a sense in which the way you use a word is it's it, it meaning. That's what it's turned into now, um, yeah. Because language is mutable on purpose, um, but you can mutate language in the wrong way, and you can mutate it in the right way or evolve it let's use evolve in a positive way right <laughs> you can evolve language in the right way and you can mutate it in the wrong way um you know you don't always get the x-men just because you got a mutation right so hmm. um and i think culture is being the word culture which the word culture is a noun <laughs> but the word culture is describing a group of adjectives that we are reifying or acting like have a metaphysical reality underneath it that because we can observe these similarities in a people they're all the same but i think i've told this story before but i worked the night shift at a gasket factory uh and with the group that had the vietnamese translator mm. it's a christian owned oh, company yeah, yeah 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 and so they had they had translators for um immigrants so they had a vietnamese translator on the night shift they had a spanish translator and they had a russian translator um on different shifts and so people that spoke those languages tended to you know go on to a particular shift and then they also had a uh, um coming out of prison work program so they helped uh people getting out of prison with a kind of work release and then um, they were be set up so when they got out of prison they had a job and so they had this whole system it was a, a gasket factory that was run in a very christian way um, that was very purposeful about making sure you um, that they were opening opportunities for people that didn't normally have opportunities and so there was this gentleman that i worked with so it was all Vietnamese guys that spoke Vietnamese, the one Vietnamese translator who spoke English and Vietnamese, and two other guys that spoke English that were on this prison release program, and myself, who was in seminary at the time. Uh, and uh, so at, l- at lunch break at 11.30 at night, I didn't know where to sit. And so I you know, tried to sit with the guys that spoke English. It didn't work. Um, we were not uh of we were not of the same mind about what life was for tried to sit with the uh uh vietnamese folks which i was comfortable with but it made them uncomfortable um so then i moved over to uh, a table by myself and started bringing homework and then one of the vietnamese guys came over and he said uh you're a christian and he didn't speak english so this took about 10 minutes and I said, yeah, I'm a Christian. And, and then he gave me a theological exam. He said, you think Jesus is the only way? <laughs> you think Jesus is the only Lord of heaven and earth? You, and he just like went through <laughs> kind of the creeds about Jesus to make sure that I was a real Christian. He's been fooled and before. Said, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, you can't trust these white people. They'll say they're Christian. And the next thing you know, they're like, oh, but the boot is great too. You know, and he was, he was, he, and he, and then he said, uh, you, me, the same, all them different. Mm. Right. And um, it really struck me. He had been, uh, he had been a, 
uh, a prisoner of war. He was a Buddhist when he when the Vietnam War started, and he was a prisoner of war in North Vietnam. He was he was a lawyer in South Vietnam who joined up. Um, prisoner of war, and he prayed to the god of the nuns who taught him to read as a child while he was in PO, this POW prison. And the soldier, right after that, the guy came in um, who was their guard and he flipped the bed over, rustled everything around like he was getting searched and he turned around and he left and he forgot to lock the door behind him. And then he said he, he watched out his open, the open door of his cell. He watched one of the soldiers walk over and unlock the front gate, open it and walk away. <laughs> and he ran for it ran through the jungle ran, ran, ran out the door ran through the jungle and found american soldiers who stuck him on a plane and he dropped off dropped him off in spokane washington wow and um he walked to the first steeple with a cross on it that he could find um and that that church helped him find uh, a vietnamese speaking church which is a roman catholic church he got baptized since then his wife has joined him she got baptized one son had joined him he got baptized and his other son he said he prays for every day he's still a buddhist in vietnam and um he but he he knew that all that all cultural differences were nothing compared to the fact that the two of us were love jesus follow jesus we're in covenant with God and God's people, right? So that that the that was the reality that defined us. So he and I were the same. Everyone else was different, um, and it doesn't make those adjectives not real. Um, about you know, you can describe you know his his wife used to send me um, egg rolls, um, just so that we had something that we could share at at lunches together. Um, so, you know, because we were from then on we sat together at lunch and i helped him with his english and we told stories and um, he told me what his he would he would try to tell me the the good things that his pastor had preached on sunday in english and it was it was really fun but the uh <clears throat> what it doesn't mean that like we suddenly have the same culture in the the right use of the word right the the very few of the adjectives about us are the same but the the reality of our identity is actually the same right he got it exactly right and that's why he wanted to make sure that's why he gave me the theology exam right that's why he wanted to know if i actually believed that jesus was lord and savior and the only way and all you know all those things this is a vietnamese Roman Catholic with a incredibly evangelistic. I could hear him trying to explain the gospel in Vietnamese to his coworkers. <laughs> um, so uh, that's where I think the cultural differences are, are are fine. But let's say we're in a world where the it's that is the entire you know we something happens and you know our uh, the families represented there somehow dropped onto a desert island my kids have one family that is marriageable in that setup right it's his kids my kids can only marry his kids because my kids have to marry believers 
but they have to marry Christians. So you've got this situation where um, the uh, that's the the fundamental identity um, is covenantal. Well, no, all in all situations, the fundamental identity is covenantal. Culture is not a is an abstraction. So that's why I don't want to use culture. Oh, okay. That's a long explanation. No, there. but I think it's important, and I think there's so many pieces in there. I, we'll, we'll have to have – I want to put – I already know that there's probably um, a boatload of people listening to this who just heard Roman Catholic and Christian together, and their heads blew up. So that's another conversation. I want to say that because I have – I think that will come up in there. It's, it's true, but even even my most my most Baptist friend – is is gonna this guy so obviously loves test. Jesus, yeah, right? Right. So yeah, yeah. this is not this is not like the the guy that's like, well, yeah, I was. Of course, I'm a Christian. I was baptized as a kid. Like he wanted to make sure I wasn't that guy because, <laughs> right? Like he's he's so. Because um, I, I think we can all agree on that. It's Jesus. It's faith in Jesus that we're saved by, right? We're not saved by being a part of the right denomination. Well, we're saved by faith in Jesus, yeah, alone, yeah, again, with the, nothing else, right? Like that, we agree on that, right? <laughs> no, no, we don't. No, because <laughs> I'm just too Protestant. Like, this oh, is, like, oh, you are so, by faith keep alone digging, is keep so <laughs> absolutely central <laughs> that. <laughs> and I think <laughs> no, I think that people. If I meet somebody that, that that believes in Jesus, it doesn't matter what denomination they're in. No, there's only a group of denominations that fit inside of orthodoxy, and if you are a Christian, then you won't be inside of that denomination, um, because you haven't had, you haven't heard, or you're not believing in the truth of the reality of what you say you believe in, right? I think that is, uh, you know, which is why, well, when you look at, um, you know, just for instance, the charismatic movement, I think a lot of people, particularly those inside the MacArthur circles that he's written on it, they just immediately, and, and there's some wacky stuff, man. Like, they're, like, I was there. I know there's wacky stuff, but um, you, you can be on the outside of orthodoxy and then... So then you don't qualify to be inside of the circle. All right. But the, yeah, but. And that's not what, the, that's not the conversation I want to have because I, I want to get, I want to talk about, but go ahead. I'll let you answer. And then we'll, because I, I think this is a bigger conversation and, and I think it's going to take over everything else. Yeah. But, I, but I think that that's the, there is, there's some, there, I'm allowed to say this. I think there's an oh, underlying paganism to the way that reasoning is being done. Mm. If that, if the way, if the way you just reasoned it is something that they would say, yeah, that's an accurate description. I, so I, this is not my, I'm not normally in that conversation. So yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. Um, the be, but um, because it's not, um, salvation is not an in-group, out-group question it's not a tribal question salvation is a uh, covenantal question right the promises of god are that if we believe in jesus we will be saved right 
so and then faith is a gift the it's a question of do we believe the promises of god do we have faith uh and the 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 promises of god are not something that's held by one denomination right the promises of god are public um can i jesus was go ahead yeah well jesus i mean and jesus was crucified in public the the promises of god are public right um the word of god is public it's not a it's it's not the the property of any particular denomination um and it's the and in fact faith is created by it right by the word of god so um you the the you know the word of god comes to us comes into our ears faith um and and faith grows up within us that um and that's the work of the spirit right so and that's not that is not that power is not held by a particular denomination all right let me let me um let me push back see this and took over the whole conversation this is not what was planning on but but it's it's true but i think that this is yeah go ahead it's got to be in and out it's got to be in and out markers got to be i'm gonna play devil's advocate here because mormons ain't in i don't care how much they say they love jesus right Right? for sure j dubs not in one is pentecostals not in like they, they, they have they're clearly outside the markers and they would easily identify as saying that they love Jesus. So there's got to be in and out markers on this. There are in and out markers. But so so, so, the, so a confession of Jesus is definitely essential and important. But what you mean by what you say when you are confessing Christ kind of matters. Right. It absolutely does. And I think people are applying but, that same kind of logic to Catholics when you look at a lot of their doctrine. You're like, eh, mm. but th- this is the this this is the question though: is what are the markers? Uh, let me ask this question: Do EO folks fit inside that marker? Because I don't know. I don't know enough about Eastern Orthodoxy. Yeah, I'm, so so because in my mind, are they Trinitarian? Right? Do they have some sort of baptismal succession back to the early church okay uh, right so they're they're a historic they're a historic part of the church they're trinitarian and they're doing the sacraments uh right <laughs> right, uh, right baptism in the lord's supper but is is there not a form of idolatry in their worship um, icons images those kind of things in the worship yeah um is are the do they have things in their worship that are idolatrous? Yes. Okay. Because you, but you definitely Baptists don't. What? Wait. <laughs> Wait. You gotta explain that one because that would hit. And I'm like, uh, where's where's where? <laughs> what do you see theirs? We, well, okay. First off, the absence of error is not the. The marker is not the the marker, right? Okay, that's not the so the marker is not the absence of error. Um, the the marker is. I, I'll give you the, that the, one. The, the marker the markers are positive, right? Are they trinitarian? Are they but, doing okay. the sacraments? Oh wait, I, I, I'm gonna pick one on you. I'm gonna pick one on you. Female pastors. I'm like run. That would right. So. But there's, there's, and there's also the question is not would I go to church there, 
is if right? they qualify so, for I, being justified. Is that right. the question? It, it, yeah. So okay. this is a this is a justification question. So conversation. If I meet that's somebody, all we're talking about is justification. That's it at yeah. this point. Okay. That's all, all we're right. talking about. All right. Fair if enough. I, can I meet Can I meet somebody and say, because because I can meet a Roman Catholic, and three minutes into the conversation, here's a here's a good example. Met a Roman Catholic recently. I was talking to a Roman Catholic recently, um, who was like, you know what? I've been reading a lot of the Buddha's writings right now, and I've just realized that, you know, um. All religions are the same. It's like you're a terrible Roman Catholic, right? And that's what I that's, <laughs> that's what I told, what him. told him. I told him he was a, told him he was a terrible Roman Catholic. Uh, huh? and, and he and he said, you know, the in the future all the Roman Catholics will agree with me. I was like, okay, you're probably yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, but it's not it's not, it's not true. Um, I hope but he, not. He, uh, yeah, I I I don't I don't believe it at all that that's. Um, but the but then you know you meet a you meet someone who um but but i've had the same thing with baptists right where you meet a baptist um you meet a, a presbyterian and um and pretty soon you're like you're not you're not a christian like you don't believe like you're you might have you might you might be going to church sometimes and yeah um you know the the baptized maybe or something and but but you don't hold to but the, the sub the substance of the matter isn't there because you confess it doesn't take much for you to start explaining to me why it is that you don't believe right um that's a that situation um you mm. know you do you find you can find that a lot and you can you can find it everywhere um but how I, do you go ahead um, but you can also um, find, you know, um, somebody that you get talking to and they really, really love the Lord. And they're from, um, you know, here's a good example. I, the, it, I worked at a, uh, a electrical contractor and we had an electrician who's an Eastern Orthodox guy, big, East, big beard. He had been a Hindu in India. And um, an Eastern Orthodox evangelist, um, a traveling Eastern Orthodox evangelist in Northern India came through preaching the gospel and he got radically saved, right? Radically saved from Hinduism, ended up leaving India while he was flying home from India. He, his plane landed in, he had a layover in France and he met a Roman Catholic nun. He switched up his flight to go talk to her parents um, and say, I'm going to go marry your daughter. And they were fine with that because they were kind of sad that she'd become a nun, which meant no grandchildren. Then he flew to her <laughs> monastery, talked her out of the nunnery, brought her home, married her, and they had a big group of kids. And I was like, dude, that's, first off, this is manly. Like, that's some manly Christianity right there. I'm going to go get me a nun. <laughs> so, um, but this, this should love the Lord. She broke her vow. She, I just want everybody to know that. <laughs> Yeah, but what if you take uh, vows that are against uh, against God's will, against the, against your own nature? You know, I think you're allowed to break those. <laughs> um, but that's a, that's a no whole nother story. A whole nother right. whole nother story. Right. But I, I I did look up to this this dude. Yeah, he was like, "That's the girl I want. I don't care if she's in a nunnery. I'm gonna I'm go get her. her." Yeah, <laughs> right. So, but so, um, but what? 
And you have an apostate but, church. But, he, he, um, but, but that's the, but I, I think, um, I mean, I, I, I sympathize because shoot, I was in a church where it was charismatic speaking in tongues. Um, I don't even know if they really had the Trinity doctrine properly. Right. But I know I was a Christian and I was in that church and I know I was in that church my whole life is where I learned the Bible and all, all this stuff. Like I, like there's, it's not like, um, and I don't think you could have ever told me any different until it was time for God to take me out of there yep. that I was in a bad church. Um, so I, it's not that I don't think Christians can be and really uh, that church probably if it was examined would be outside the bond, the, the, the categories of orthodoxy. Like there's no question. Right. Um, and never mind the fact that it's led by a woman too. So, right. Um, well, the, the, yeah, I mean, one of, one of the, um, one of the, we, we had a female pastor in the church I got saved in too. And she, her and her husband were, were both pastors. Yeah. And they were, they were phenomenal Christians yeah. who were led poorly. Yeah. Um, My wife's and, grandmother um, was the pastor. So, yeah, <laughs> you know, and I think, so, so I think this, this, I, I guess the central point is the justification is by faith, right? It, it's not by being in the right group. It's not by, it's not an, in group, out group. I don't think that's what people are trying to define it. They want to make it is by you have to have some right doctrine, right? If you're confessing, your doctrine needs to be at least orthodox, right? So if you're getting saved, right? But that that's why that's why you know if um, if a Jehovah's Witness comes to the door, that straight out the gate, the assumption is we got heathens on our hand, right? I always try to get them to leave the Bible because I try to tell them that they don't, it's not theirs. Yeah. So if they, <laughs> right. You know, I open up the table of contents and say, where'd that come from? Where'd that table of contents come from? Right. Um, with now from your church. So that's not your Bible. I'll just take it. You can just leave them with me. <laughs> Does that work? <laughs> they never leave them. Oh, okay. No, they never mm. leave them, but they don't come back. Yeah. But I just, uh, it's the, uh, you know, the, 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 their church started in the middle of the 1800s, but they're like, Oh, but the Bible, you know, it's ours. Yeah. Like, what? Well, no the way. Bible, yeah. No so, way. So that's then... not how, that's not how his, his story. There's no, um, I mean, besides the fact that they, you know, deny the Trinity, Trinity they yeah. deny Christ, you know, all that. And, and then Mormons are polytheists, right? So you've got oneness error. You've got polytheism. You've got other, religions catholics don't fit inside that of that christians though? i've never met a i mean if you meet a polytheistic catholic they're a bad they're bad catholics they're not following the actual doctrine you know roman catholics are they believe the apostles creed the nicene creed they confess the apostles creed mm -hmm. uh, all, all that so i find catholics I and charismatics really close together not necessarily I think charismatics fit more into a Baptistic culture where Catholics, but they share the same sort of, um, one sense, cosmology about the world a little bit, where um, they still live in a very, very supernatural world where um, kind of like saints, you know, like they, 
they want like in the charismatic world, you can get a handkerchief with the oil and anointing oil on it from the prophet. And, you know, it could be a ten, fifteen, a hundred dollar handkerchief or blessing or whatever. And you can get that blessing for the low, low price, right? Like <laughs> Right. And but that's the same thing. Catholicism has the same thing, has the icons that they have, same thing. And you can be healed and and so it still has that. So they, they share a same sort of cosmology in a lot of ways. But I've always yeah. felt like that because but charismatics are never gonna be praying to Mary. They're not gonna have some sort of intermediate outside of Christ. So they've always and there's a lot So they might pray to the guy on TV. No, I don't think they pray to him. I mean No. No They go they they're going to ask him for ask him for healings. They they'll go and ask him to pray for them. Okay, yeah, I see. I see what you did there. Yeah, but I right. but I don't see that any different than going to the elders and having them pray for you. Right? Like I don't think that they're thinking the same thing about the guy as um there is some prophet worship there. I will say that. There's some like right. it's it's a possible error, right? Sure. It's possible. Yeah. I, I, I it's just a possible error. I never looked at that guy any different than I think they looked at a prophet. Like, you know, the guy, the man of God was no different than a prophet or, you know, a Levite in that matter. He wasn't, mm -hmm. he wasn't angelic or supernatural or he couldn't do, you know, the only thing. Yeah. There, there's some mixtures there. I see that. Yeah. As I'm thinking yeah, about so, it, I think there's some mixtures. But anyway, that was, that's kind of my point. But I just think they wasn't one to one. I don't think they're one to one, though. No, probably not one to one. But I also think that, you know, you that you're going to get seven, eight different descriptions of what it means when they are praying to saints, when you talk to four Roman Catholics, you know, I've seen that. Well, but, and I've run into so, charismatic uh, Roman Catholics where I'm like, why are you even Roman Catholic? I don't get it. Cause it, every time I, I would talk to them, a, a person who is really, um, uh, what's his name? He debated Obama back in the day. He was an ambassador for America to, uh, I can't remember. I see his face. Uh, Keys, Alan Keys. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I've talked to Alan Keys before, and man, I've Todd Frail went through the the gauntlet with him when we were on Wretched, and he came out and was like, I don't know if that's Roman Catholicism. That's not like, that's not what I'm used to hearing. He might be inside of more our camp, but claiming Roman Catholicism. And so I've, I've run across a, two, a few Catholics like yep. that. Yeah. And I, I run but, across, but, go ahead. But I think that the problem is that we, when we think in terms of uh, that, that there's a, a particular view of denominationalism that isn't, um, that, it, that is an us, them, if you're mm. in our group, then you're justified, even if it's not eternally justified you're you're temporally justified and if you're in their group you're not temporally justified right so that our corporate our corporate salvation before the lord our corporate um righteousness before the lord isn't by faith right it's by something else um that, you know justification I see that. has to be by faith if it's going to be biblical whether it's corporate justification whether it's um, individual justification, you know, whether it's civil, civil justification, all justifications are by faith, scripturally speaking. There is no justification by works 
in the Bible, and it doesn't matter which group or individual you're talking about. And I think um, we easily slip into the corporate justification is by works, by being a part of the right group, um, rather than really believing that the mark of justification is only faith. Um, I don't know. Uh, no. this, this, what were you going to say? This is where, well, I think this is where like, um, you know, I, I, that's hard to argue against <laughs> because it's like, it's, but I, it's my justification, but, it, but, and you're like, whoa, wait a second. I just said, but <laughs> yeah. it's just, because but that, alone, and this, but. Is, this is where like, I, you know, like when I got, when I, when I get sideways with Baptists or with whatever group and the, the whole time I'm like, you're not arguing about justification, right? You're not, not arguing about justification. And I, uh, I, I tend to be a lot more ecumenical, I think, than a lot of folks. Oh like yeah. I, I want. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. Everybody right now like, is like I, I'm, not agreeing with you. <laughs> Like I, it, uh, I'm so grateful that one of the one of the main guys that that discipled me was Baptist, charismatic, and I'm so grateful for. I was just me was just talking about this because a uh, a friend said, "Oh, I got to hear this guy preach." I was like, "Oh my gosh, can you believe that was the guy that I when I was a new Christian that was the guy that whose Bible study I I was in. I was just like." completely spoiled because he's such a great preacher and he loves the word and he loves the Lord. And he, um, and he was his, you know, historically minded and, um, he's Baptist charismatic and, um, and I wouldn't ask for anyone else. He's not in my tribe, but his love of the Lord is far, far exceeds mine. And so he's the guy to follow. Right. So, okay. So um, this might, I, I, I want to, we need to have this conversation in a deeper kind of on its own because I, but I think you brought it back around to why some of the current conversations we're having in our political environment and even in our Christian circles, it, um, it's kind of come, Oh, what just happened on the back of my screen? Oh, I'll figure that out. It's kind of coming <laughs> to a head. Um, hold on one second. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of coming to a head because um, everybody's trying to figure out what's marking in and out. What's the parameters in which you are part of us. And it's not just a nation question of America. Like, are you a part of America or not? Are you a part of Christianity or not? Are you a part of, um, uh, you know, our, our community or not? All these, all these new markers are being, um, our people are working through for, it seems like the first time, and it's kind of, I think it goes back to a conversation we've had a long time ago about World War One, World War Two, metaphysics, all that stuff is being challenged because it's all out of whack. And so things like, um, so you have, because you have a different idea, I think you, your understanding of the table, your understanding of covenant, you have a different parameter for what marks people in, right? Um, is that fair? Right, well. I, well, I, I want to, I, this is what I want. And what I want to do is have the same parameter that God has. 
Okay. Right. So I, it, I don't, I don't think that who wants my, different? That, who wants different? Everybody wants that. No, I know that that's what everybody wants. But what I'm saying is, um, I, so when I, I, I think that God has actually given us some parameters to deal with. And I think it's like a lot of things that he does. He gives us layered mm. parameters that are, that are, that take, you know, wisdom and adult, you know, adult thinking. Um, but our, uh, he, he gives us some layers and says, here's kind of the, here, you know, here's the, here's the parameters uh, of in and out. And, here's what to do when somebody's in that shouldn't be. And here's what to do when somebody's out that shouldn't be. So then because, because so this... it's possible that somebody's in and they shouldn't be right. That's a real possibility. Yeah. Um, yeah. In, I think in God, the way God set up the world. Um, it, but that's, that's a part of it. And I think that that would, that we don't want, we don't want pollution. Not want that because it, then it take, then we have to do something about it. So, it's easier to be able to say, well, they're not really in anyway. So I think there's a massive fight against multiculturalism. Because multiculturalism mm -hmm. has been, and, and so part of it for me, I'm trying, what is, what is multiculturalism the way it's being used right now and, and in a conversation? And what, and maybe just a def definition of what is it traditionally? Because I don't know if it's what yeah. it's always been. Well, I think we got what's it called, Mott and Bailey'd on multiculturalism. Okay, explain that. Where they gave, they said, "Hey, here's the thing I'm trying to do," and and we said, "Okay," and then they gave us a different thing. Is uh, that what Mott Bailey is? Uh, no, 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 not quite. Mo, no, good. It's, it's like the inside out Mott Bailey. Okay, yeah, because Mott Bailey is when you like you make an argument from a the moat, um, and when people come and attack that, you basically run up to the Bailey and say, "That's not what I was saying. That's not what I meant by yeah, that." You yeah, and, you, and you defend. Yeah, you defend the. Yeah. But I think you, you say you're defending. Yeah, but it, so well, um, we got Trojan the, Horst is what we got. We got Trojan Horst. Yeah. So so multiculturalism. What it, it there it came in and said we're going to solve the solve the um, all of this violence. Mm. Um, that I and be and because what's causing the violence is prejudice between cultures, right? That's what cause is causing the violence. Now, it turns out when you look back, that's probably not what was causing the violence. Now, when you look uh, back, um, where in American history, okay, right? Um, that uh, it's it's not that the, you know. So you have. Um, the the it really the the root of the violence was more the modernism the darwinism the eugenic theories you know um the and then those people in charge um purposefully were using things like the freeway system and the uh the city planning and you know in order to uh divide up uh, divide up pe people groups clearly so that you could then create conflicts 1956 and then off them. yeah there was yep. a highway plan from 1956 enacted ultimately in 1968 it all but it started even before then you get the matter of fact that's really kind of what destroyed black wall street mm -hmm. right like yeah. if, you, if you look at it, people think oh they because white people tore down they did 
But Black Wall Street didn't get its. I was going to bring up Black Wall Street, but only because. And let me just say why I do this, because everything that we talk about in one way or another, it was a microcosm of all the things that we see happening. Right. And it points to it points. To, it gives answers. If you can kind of take that moment of time, the, the early 1920s, Black Wall Street. Uh, the destruction, the comeback of, of it, actually it didn't get its name until after they rebuilt Black Wall Street is when they actually got its name, Black Wall Street. So everybody talks about, oh, white people destroyed Black Wall Street and then it was decimated. And it's like, well, actually, yes, that's true. But they were so resilient in building and hard work that they didn't really get their name of Black Wall Street until after they had rebuilt it and brought it back. So the wealth had still continued to flow through there. They couldn't tear it down because of the people were resilient. And but the thing that did tear it down was that they put a highway through it, <laughs> right? And so all the businesses and and the community was just split, and so now they don't have yeah. the same sort of um, access. They put us outside anyway. That's a whole other story. Yeah, and they they um, they there were in California. They New York lowered yeah. they, they lowered the freeway uh, heights so that the buses couldn't fit through. Um, in order to block off certain areas and like they did some Chicago they did some too. under their underhanded stuff right um in order to it wasn't just racial either like it was class that's some of the it was, yeah that's it, it was it was race and class but the important um socialism requires in uh, inter international or within the nation rivalry within the nation mm. right and so people had bought into socialism and when the rivalry starts to go away because wealth starts to build up they say we've got to stop that mm. because we've got to get the rivalry going again because they they were true believers in the eschatology of uh, uh the the eschatology of Karl Marx right he had an eschatological system that he said this is the how it goes. You only get to socialism when um, the rivalry that's built up by capitalism reaches a fever pitch. The problem is when you have people that start to make a bunch of money um, or build wealth, I guess is a better way to put it, and this is what was going on at Black Wall Street, it didn't raise the rivalry. It um, All of a sudden, it was dissipating rivalry right. because they were loving their neighbors. Wealth, yeah, well, because wealth isn't the sort of thing where if they get rich, then somebody else has to get poor, mm. right? Right, and right. Then, and it was proving that right that you have this whole group getting rich um, through hard work and serving their neighbor, and nobody else was getting poor on it. And in fact, it was raising the the uh, um, the the life the the life of everyone around it, right? So you have some folks getting really wealthy, and everyone around them gaining wealth um as well because of the way that economics actually works right because of the way the metaphysics of reality um that wealth can grow without anybody having to get poor mm. because of it now the poor jesus says the poor you will always have with you um but that's not because of uh, uh that's that's not because of the way wealth works that's because of the way the human heart works mm. right um you you can uh you can it says the lazy man puts his puts his hand to the porridge but won't lift it to to his mouth um right the mm. porridge is there it's on the spoon but he won't lift it up to his mouth it's uh so mm. uh but there's a a a metaphysic um 
there's a, a pagan metaphysic that says there's a limited that this world has a limited amount um and in order for me to have some i've got to take it from somebody that's that um th that belief caused people to purposefully take away um wealth and the production uh production side wealth um it, through the you the through the federal government mostly um and then through certain certain city governments and state governments as well but um and the uh because of that it caused all sorts of rivalries so um i mean you get brooklyn in the late 70s early 80s uh completely destroyed yep. by uh that you get uh east la um you get the cia peddling cocaine and crack uh to, you get the um you get the federal um federal uh handout system um that that you only get to keep if you don't get married right or so you get you federal get, handouts i believe it was to only white people and they got to make sure they can't sell it to black folks right like that was right get yeah those kind of handouts yeah, too. So you, when you're building the suburb that's how most of the suburbs were built in during that time in the 60s was it 60s 50s 60s something like that yeah right where they they said we're gonna we're gonna make all the all white neighborhoods well uh, yeah yeah that was part of it yeah. and they couldn't Part of the responsibility, the way you got qualified for it, you had to, once you were qualified for it, you had to agree to make sure you wouldn't sell to an African-American yeah. family. I can't remember if it was 40s or 50s, somewhere around in there, where the suburbs are starting to, you know, this new culture of suburbs are being built, right? Right. And so this the, the, and that's what I'm saying is the, the divisions um, were not natural divisions. Mm. Um, the divisions were enforced divisions for a purpose and that's just that you you that's you it it starts in america in the 19 teens um creeping in uh it's this this is where uh the 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 same group that wanted all of this is you this is the this is where margaret sanger who started planned parenthood this is where she was she was running in these circles um and uh you so you've got this enforced um division that ends up causing all sorts of problems um and then you've mm. got really what happens is when when you have the gas shortages um when you have the the um the the you know the really great the great recession yeah, um, yeah. of the 70s you got you have violence on the rise be, um that was going into the yeah. 80s because yeah. of all of these factors finally coming to a head and then the economic downturn that comes from international war um that may or may not have been started by the cia this is this well, don't don't throw nothing else in there we got enough <laughs> but, on the plate anyway so you have all, all of that going on so then you get all, all this violence breaking out and people start saying Hey, you know we can fix this if we start pushing multiculturalism in the schools. We got to teach people to respect one another because that's the root of all of this. So, because we have the conflict, it's they're looking at cultures, are they looking at nationalities? Yeah, they, and they saying, start 
they start looking at cultures, right? That, uh. um, and this is they're still using culture to really mean different Ethnics. nationalities, eth- different different ethnic groups, and yeah, we're yeah. gonna we're gonna teach one another. Um, it, it and and it really is a form of secular humanism. Um, and you get this push, this secular humanism push, where you can have the benefits of Christendom under a secular witchcraft. government. Witchcraft. It is. It is. Yeah. Right. It's a, it's the idea is um that you can have enforced humanism. Mm. Um whereas the human humanism grew up in a Christian setting that said, you know, where you have the um you know, in the, in the Middle Ages, where they you you have somebody like Marco Polo come back and say, "Let me tell you about the Asians that we met," um, and everybody gets really excited. Oh my gosh, there's people over there made in the image of God. What can we learn from them? Um, the, you know, and, and mm. he says, first off, let me tell you about spices." And they're like, "You can do that to food, right?" And, so, and it and so you get the spice trade, which has an an which expands the imagination of christians um i mean they send they 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 send uh missionaries over there's a great book called christ uh christ's samurais about uh, a group of samurai that convert to christianity oh i think um, we talked about that before the thir- 13 or 1400s it's a really um it's it's really it's a fascinating book but it shows that the that multiculturalism as uh that there is a form of multiculturalism possible within christendom um only possible in christendom that's only possible within christendom that says the um it, it's that has been there from the beginning that says, Hey, there's people over there that haven't heard about Jesus and St. Brendan gets in a boat and says, let's go. Right. Um, that, that says, Oh, Hey, do, there's barbarians to the North. Um, there, these Germanic tribes up there and, um, let's, Oh, let's go. Right. And the, the reason we have the Icelandic sagas is because the Christian missionaries got there and they would sit to listen to the stories and they would write them down and, and send them home in letters to uh, they, the Icelandic missionaries were sent from a church in Rome. And so they sent them back to Rome saying, Oh my gosh, you would love these people. Let me tell you some of the stories they tell, right? They've got these amazing, this amazing, the, you know, the Icelandic people are amazing storytellers. We've got to, and, and they would write home in their missionary support letters um they would put the stories that they had heard around the campfire and that's why we have the icelandic sagas right like the the um the desire or the mm. imago day yeah the imago day right the the desire to um to rescue the things that people made um is embedded within the theology of Christ dying for the world, right? Now, there are things that have to go. Um, there are things that you, but there are other things that, you know, th- like, you know, you, you don't say, hey, let's preserve this human sacrifice, right? You, you get rid of the human sacrifice. Um, you get the, uh, it, and 
uh, you get rid of the worship of nature, but you, but the storytelling, um, you preserve the stories, you preserve the poems, you preserve the things created by humans because they're, well, at least the best stuff, because it's, a reflection of something made by the image of God that has a reflection of God within it. Right. It's a, that mentality you can't have in secularism, right? Secular humanism doesn't hold So, in every attempt. You don't even get a half generation of it. Right. People every once in a while recover, they try to recover secular humanism and it goes each time it goes off the cliff faster than it did before. So would it be fair to think about this as a secular multiculturalism versus multiculturalism that is under uh, uh, a Christianity? So because because we talked a little bit about this, which is um, I, I don't know if we talked about it. Maybe it was in a private conversation, but there is subcultures underneath the ultimate. What you what would you call that covenantal reality? Yeah, the, the, I think that's the. I would, yeah, I would call it the, well, there's, yeah, the, the, there's layers of covenant realities that God has sort of layered on, layered underneath as foundational. Okay. So then, well, people, I'm sorry, go ahead. I'll let you finish that. <laughs> and then, and then different people groups can get along when they're all, when they have, so my problem, my problem with multiculturalism as an ism is that. It's an ism. <laughs> yeah. Is that it, it it depends upon that kind of abstraction understanding of culture. Mm. Um, so, so is that it's, it's dependent on a form of paganism from its, from the get go. Right. That, that, that you've got different people groups and that, that the rivalry can be quashed by a secular power that's laid over the top. Mm. of them all. If mm. they will all submit to a secular power above them and give up the, the, you know, so like, this is where Christians don't don't do well in secular humanism because you have to give up the things you the the you have to submit to a secular power over you. The problem is Jesus says that he's over all the powers. So that, that, that so we don't we don't do that well. <laughs> so then Jason then what right I I I agree. So then is that where classical liberalism failed? Or has, I think that's ha- where class, yeah. Or has classical, classical liberalism failed us? Well, I, I think classical liberalism fails because it is a subset of secularism. Right? It's it it is not be because classical liberalism um, acts as if Christianity is one of the possible idea sets. Right. That is that is vying for superiority of idea sets or or is it saying yes affair or is it saying it's the best one of the many well that's what so a christian classical liberal person that's what they would say is you just give us give us the ability to you give everybody our case yeah right right and and christianity will win in the competition amongst idea sets right but christianity is not an idea set right Right, Jesus is Lord. Christianity is a competing kingdom. <laughs> well, that's what that, yeah. Christianity, like Christ, the kingdom of God, is in competition with classical liberal kingdoms. 
right? It's so you can't say, well, the kingdom of God, it's going to fit here underneath classical liberalism and, and it will be able to win with this classical liberal umbrella with, as long as you give us freedom of speech, um, because it, it's a, it's a kingdom, right? It, it's a real government. Jesus yeah, goes, yeah. yeah, it's a real government, right? Yeah. It's, it's the actual government of the universe. Um, and so the, um, and secular liberalism wants the, the universe to be governed neutral to have to, to be governed by the neutral powers that can be scientifically um, observed. And then we choose a government of ourselves over. We, we choose which government goes over us. And then we choose which religion we as a people group will have through then a debate of ideas. This is go ahead. I just, that's just not in accordance with reality. This is um, why a lot of my Christian nationalist friends are poking at classical liberalism, rightly right. so, because— Absolutely rightly so. Right. And so I get that. And why I see them—because I feel like I'm I'm not understanding some of the conversations they're having because I'm using terms that they're not using, and they're using terms that—, that I think they understand why I'm using my terms, but they're not telling me that they're not using the same terms I'm using. They're just using different terms and having the conversation. And then when I come and say, wait, when you talk about multiculturalism, what do you mean? And they're like, oh, here you go, trying to bring race back into this thing. And I'm like, well, I'm trying to make sure that we're fighting, because I think I agree with you guys. I'm trying to make sure that we're fighting the same battles. I'm not trying to push. I am a theonomist. I want every nation to be Christian. Period. Dot right. the end. That's all yeah. I'm arguing for. And if we, you and I are saying that in a sentence and we both agree, then please tell me where we're disagreeing at because I'm seeing multiculturalism and I'm like, um, well, it depends on what you mean by that. Right? Like, it depends. Like, what, what do you mean by that? And if you're talking about multiculturalism and the concept of, um, of which religious realities are going to govern us and ideas. Oh, I'm, I'm, you got me. I'm with you. Like if we're talking about, well, if it's going to be Christianity, which culture are we talking about? Covenantally. I'm all, I'm all Christian. But if multiculturalism is um, arguing for Anglo-Saxism, I'm out. If you're anti-culture, if you're anti-multiculturalism arguing for that, I'm not, I'm, that's not what I'm in. I'm not in that because everybody's, ethnos has to go and die at the cross <laughs> right that's it right everybody's got to go die at the cross and what comes from that type of soil we can the subcultures or sub ethno underneath that, that we're i'm in and so i think when people are talking about multiculturalism there's a large group of people that i think they're talking about multi-ethnism right and I don't, and a lot of them aren't making the separation between the two, or trying not to make the separation between between the two, and and nobody's figuring out a way to make this conversation clear that that is or isn't what we're talking about. Now, if we were talking about Islam and Christianity, no, I'm not. I'm going Christianity all day long, but it seems to be we're having a conversation with multiculturalism that involves ethnos, and I don't know. I'm trying to figure out, because um, people are like, multiculturalism is bad. And I'm like, 
well, what do we mean by multiculturalism? <laughs> I yeah. might, I might but, agree with you. Um, and I, but I, I think, well, I think there's a couple of things. Okay. I think maybe I'm just got, not hearing it right. Well, I think you've got a couple, you've got people that are not, that are asking that question in a dishonest way. Okay. And so I get, so it, I do see why there's some sensitivity amongst the Christian nationalists because they because have to defend got, everybody else's stupid comments or something like that. Right. Like, Who's saying yeah. that? Yeah, I get it. Yeah, but at the same time, um, I think that there isn't clarity yet amongst the Christian nationalists that right now it's a reactionary movement. It's not a, and so it needs to. Once it becomes a positive movement, then I think you these are the discussions, or these are the discussions that you have what to make it into a positive movement, right? So right now it's a minority group that's saying we know we're never gonna actually get power, so we can say all the crazy stuff we want, right? We don't have to have a positive vision for how we're gonna do it. I don't we can just say, yeah. You think and that- this is all this is just me bouncing around on Twitter. I don't have any um stake in this game i i because i think that it needs to have a pot i think they need a positive um statement christ is lord or and every nation needs to acknowledge a, a, a positive statement of how you accomplish anything right because that's where because um the when it hmm. when you when you're only dealing with abstractions so so let's say for example they say like that, well, there's that Matt Walsh quote recently yeah. um, about the Anglo-Saxons being replaced, and um, and that's because Anglo-Saxons don't even have children. So why would anybody else want to protect a culture that they don't even feel like they need to perpetuate, right? And that is, I can get what he's saying. I think he's using culture in that abstracted way that it makes it unhelpful. Um, and he he says, well, what's the what's the solution? And he's like, well, people need to love their people enough to have kids and pass you know pass down their culture, or whatever, right? So, yeah, it's easy it's easy to complain when you don't think there's an when it's not possible to solve the problem to complain and say, here's what we need. It's different when you say, hey, we, this might actually work. How are we going to do it? How are we going to accomplish this? What would it look like to actually accomplish this? So when you start talking about, um, uh, what do we grab every illegal and send them home? Right, send them home. You think, well, what what if they're a third generation illegal? Where do you send them? Right back what, to Mexico. No, you, home. They were here illegally. You send them back you to Mexico. send them home. Right? Home is Mexico. They were never Mexico, they were right? never citizens here in America. They didn't go through citizenship. They're not Americans. Right. But that's that is not a the that's not taking into reality the real problem, right? So No, I think they could I think, why why wouldn't they say that and take into reality, yeah, we still have a border problem. Let's build the wall. Let's figure out how to defend our borders and stop the multicultural multiculturalism from bleeding in. Because there's no question right. that that's what the liberals are using, right? Oh, totally. But but I and I think, I mean, so it, just to get it straight, I think we ought to 
have um we ought to have well-defined borders the a well-defined path to citizenship amen, amen. and um and def- and defend those things Preach, right. okay we in right so but right now we don't mm. right so if if you n- never think you're going to win then you can have platitudes that say something like hey i think we should send the legals home right if you're in charge and you say something like that that means how are we going to find them get the buses together to get them there where are we going to drop them off which border are we, are, are we going to drop them off in the middle of the mexican desert is the mexican government going to stop us with guns at the border right like what you we've all those that, questions though, right i mean we've it's, it's not a hard reality to figure out that's what lincoln had to figure out when if you free the slaves they say well we got options right uh let's send all the slaves back to africa and they're like well that's going to be expensive, probably not feasible. We don't even know where half of them go back now. Like, yeah, that's not an option. Right. right. So it's not like we couldn't do the math. Well. I get what but, you're saying, though. But, yeah, but how did Lincoln solve it? He's like, yeah, that's not going to work. <laughs> it's not going to work, right? Yeah. And I think we're we're in a similar reality. Wait, that that it's you can get people excited with some of these things, but but it's actually not possible right because mexico is a is a large place so when you say home do you mean um northern mexico I, southern mexico could, do you mean central mexico do you mean mexico city so we drop them off in mexico where 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 is home for you that that's you're not you're talking in abstractions still because you have that luxury i get what you're saying cuz i but there's a, you have that luxury right yeah. now but you can't so um but and I don't think these. I don't think that if you find a problem, you say, "Well, let's give up" or whatever. I right, think you right. say, hey, "The um, I mean, I think you. Yeah, I think the first thing we have to do is solve the fact that we have permeable borders, um, and and enemies. Right? We've got enemies and permeable borders. Right? Um, now the but then you've also got the layered jurisdiction that God ha- gives us where the nation has one responsibility and then he gives us the church which has a different responsibility when it comes to immigrants it just does right right the the, the if the church um you know sees so if, if you're a police officer on the border or border patrol officer right you have a very particular job um if you're <laughs> if you're a pastor along the border you have a different job Right. Mm-hmm. And those jobs can fit together. Um, and you have to, but, but you have to take all. So you, you it's, so it's not that the, the, the real solutions aren't chantable. And that's, that's the reality of the world we live in. And I'm getting into the, minute, go ahead. <laughs> well, I, I just, um, and so, uh, the first thing you have to do is actually put together a positive vision uh, and stop having a reactionary vision and start having a positive vision for what your goal is. And I think that's what Christian nationalism is debating right now. Yeah, I think they're working through a lot of the positive vision, which is what is making some afraid or concerned. So I don't well, think that- some of the people's positive visions you look at and you're like, ooh, 
I don't think Jesus would like that much. <laughs> he could call a Christian, but that doesn't that well, doesn't sound very Christian. I will say this as a theonomist, my positive vision, I don't I think a lot of people would feel the same way. <laughs> because there's a huge amount of ignorance as to um what a nation is supposed to be, how it's supposed to function, mm-hmm. what authority it's supposed to have, and who can do what for how much and for how long, right? Like those are people are very ignorant on those things. And so when you start setting out and with my Christian nationalist brothers who are setting out a Christian um, nation and are, are thinking about what is a godly nation supposed to be like, I think they're going to catch heat in the same way that as a theonomist would too, you know? And I don't think that a lot of them, yeah. that's, you know, well, that's exactly what I think Wolf is trying to do in his book is set that image out. Right. And so, yeah, set forward, a, set, yeah, forward a, a, set forward a positive vision. Absolutely. And so, uh, but the the conversations, uh, you know, I guess I'm wondering: Are we talking past each other in some of these conversations? I, I think I think we mostly are. Okay. And maybe maybe what we need is one of those. We need to one of those spaces that we did where you have the multiple people and you get somebody from different groups and you just have a conversation. I wish, I wish, I I, I want that. But because I want the G3 guys to come in, I want Josh and I want Scott Annual and I want Virgil. I want Stephen Wolf. I want Andrew Is- uh, Isker. I want uh, Andrew Torba. I want Joel Webb. I want all these guys, you know, uh, AD Robles. I want all these guys to come down and let's and, and let's have the conversation what we're what we're dialing up here. And because I think it's really comfortable and I watch this happen for people to write their blog posts from the comforts of their seats engaging on Twitter and really not have a real dialogue. Well, what do you mean by that? What are you trying to get at? And um, I have a position. I know what I want, but I don't know anybody who's willing to try and um, take what the people say at face value and then apply it and say, is this what you mean? Is this not what you mean? What's in conflict with what this person is saying? And I I wish we can have a Phil Donahue moment. My goodness. Where we could actually f- try and have a conversation to figure out. Because here's what I figured out. I figured out after reading some of the posts that are going on and watching people talk, I realized I don't know what you're trying to say anymore. And I think I'm on your team, but I don't know what you're trying to say. And I don't think you're clarifying it really well so you can put somebody like me on your team. Right? And, and especially when I yep. see guys like Matt Walsh talking about, you know, um, you can't separate your race and your culture. I'm like... Well, then well, I'm screwed. What I moved to Moscow, Idaho for? <laughs> what am I supposed to do? And I hear these guys talking, you know, and the idea, and that's why it's helpful to hear what you're talking about with multiculturalism, because when I hear multiculturalism, I don't hear the same thing. I hear what they pushed, and maybe I, I still have some of the secular idea apart from me, and I'm applying a Christian mindset over the top of it. I need to probably separate and understand it's not what they're talking about. But I, I, nobody has really tried to define what multiculturalism is so that I know they're not saying, yeah, you, you don't marry white women and we don't marry black women. And you can if you want, but it's better to preserve those races. And I'm like, right. if, I, if I came to Moscow, Idaho, trying to preserve black culture, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like, or, or, or my black, let me put it like this, or I'm trying to preserve my black skin. I'm going to fail at that. But here, I'll tell right. you, I will tell you this. My little mixed grandbabies are going to be some of the most black culture things going to be saturated all through. I'm going to love it, right? But, th- but this is why um, it's the same definition of culture that gets 
that Joe, so Joe Biden can say, you didn't vote for me, you if ain't not black. black. Right. Yeah. And that's not defined either. So, the, you know, <laughs> it's so, so funny. So I but, had to go but that's what I'm saying. It's like, I think you've got the, the guys on the, the, you've got now guys on the right that have said, okay, I'll buy into your definition of culture. And then I'm going to protect mine. And I think we need to say, mm. well, no, your definition of culture isn't coming from the Bible. Right. So, but, and this is the kind of things where I'm like, when, when we rolled into Minneapolis, my kids don't have a context for the, the get out. They don't have that context. It's a different context. And um, praise God, you know, but there's things that are there that I want to burn. And there's things that are there that I want to magnify, Right. Um, there was a lot of good that God did in those streets, right, for me. <laughs> and I want to take right. that and I want to submit uh, submit it all to Jesus. And I want him to take it as an offering. And whatever he decides to do with that and permeate it, amen, right? Um, but I, that's what I want to do. I lay it on the altar and burn it up, let the incense come from it. But I remember we had a moment where the, the police are driving by and I was like, oh, yeah, I need to remind my kids and teach them about how the police see them need to remind them about that um and show them like how to make so help the police officers make distinctions between them and the others that's kind of important <laughs> uh right and then there's a dude on the corner who's selling drugs and i was like oh yeah gotta tell my kids about how he sees them and how to see him before they before he sees them <laughs> right and i gotta remind them like you know and then my kids are just like oh my goodness dad there's so many black people everywhere you know, these are black people like us. And I was just like, I had to stop for a minute. I had to say, they are black people. They're not like us. <laughs> right. right. Like they are black people, but there's a different, like, you know, there is a, there is a culture inside of a culture and there's a group of people that don't reflect that well. Right. Like there's, and I want to try and express that to them without separating them from it. You know what I mean? So this guy who's on the corner, that's black and who's selling drugs and who's got his pants below his waist and who's not going to honor your mother and talk crazy to you and all of He's not like us. See this guy over here who is hustling and selling T-shirts and going inside of the uh, barbershops and making his money and hustling? He's like us, okay? <laughs> There's a, I, I want you to know the difference. Like that guy, he probably went to jail and can't get a normal job and he's not letting anything stop him and he's going out and making money regardless. That's a hustler. Like that, that's a good, that's good. You want to do that. Whatever it takes for you to be able to make money within the confines of uh uh of not stealing and and no crime, like do those things. And there's a lot of people around here who got that mentality. Learn those things, right? But the guys who sit up here and are gonna be on the system and gonna take advantage of everybody, we we don't they're that's not this we don't share the same cosmology they do. We don't share the same world that they do. They share, they're like somebody else. And so just don't think because you got the same skin that y'all the same kin. Because you can got other people who don't have your skin who are closer to your kin, right? Because of the cosmo cosmological realities that you share. And matter of fact, I'm not even saying something that everybody don't agree with. Because who was it that said skin folk ain't all kin folk? Like ev everybody knows that. Everybody that's that's why yeah. that's exactly why Joe Biden can say you ain't black. Because there is a concept, a reality of what that means, right? He just is on the wrong side of that reality. And even black folks, black folks say what Joe Biden said, right? Like black folks be on the same thing. Uh-oh, your so, head's spinning. You know, 
Well, I'm just working all this stuff out as and as it's we not, go. It's not as clean and as polished it's, as it's, I want it to be either. But it's just it's not. But here's what here's here's my thought though. What we've never talked about is taxonomy. Right, we've never talked about taxonomy, and every cosmology has with it comes with a taxonomy. So a mm. taxonomy is how you um is the the division into groups um and carl linnaeus who's uh who's the guy who set out the current taxonomy um for us was uh he was 17 late 1700s he was a secular um carl linnaeus secular linnaeus l-i-n-n uh e-a-u-s i believe um he was dutch so it's got a weird spelling um but he his taxonomy is where we get white why why we call people with skin color like mine right peach white right so he had white black red yellow as his taxonomy right so he can't he was the one that assigned colors to people groups um and uh and divided it up that way um and but his he was a he was a full secularist and um his taxonomy was derived from the the um cosmology and so darwin was one of his kind of star followers so he um who gave a Darwin came along and Linnaeus had already given us the evolutionary taxonomy. Mm. What Darwin gave us was a mechanism um, to explain the taxonomy. Mm. Right. But the tax, the taxonomy of evolution was already in place. So, um, and what's happening now is the taxonomy is being given to us by the secular left and the right is just saying well if that's the taxonomy we better defend our branch of the of the divisions of the human race rather than saying well let's what's the what's the real where are the real divisions mm. right linnaeus 100% said I'm going to divide it up completely by sight. Mm. And that's what culture does, right? Is mm. it's it's we're and, and we're but we're told to not uh, uh, not see. judge anyone by sight. We're just supposed to be judged by faith. So right? You, so the way that we even view culture is in Carl Linus's Linus 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 Linus, yeah. We don't need, we have, uh, we have an imposed, a presupposition of culture that automatically is observed through sight. Yeah, by sight and not by faith. Right. So, so when we think of uh, ethnos, when we think of ethnos, ethnicity, it's sight more than. Right. Yeah. So, so this is, and this, and this is where like in the, early middle ages you've got a guy like um you you've i think you've got two good examples of it charlemagne and alfred who 
each conquered a people group, mm -hmm. right? E each conquered an ethnos that was not their own. And um, yeah. Charlemagne said, you can be baptized or you can die. And they chose baptism. Smart. And within a hundred years, they were singing his praises, but his spiritual advisor, he said he was going to do that. His spiritual advisor said, that's a bad idea. You should, that should not be the options that you give them. Um, you, uh, you should give them the options of uh, leaving the land or being baptized. Right. Um, and, uh, Which I think and I agree with, Which I think I agree with that. I think I agree yeah, with that. I agree. Biblically, yeah. that sounds right. So it, yeah, in, in that setting, you're the well, king. I don't know. That's... is making that that decision and uh, it's it, it's a tough one because both of these worked out because then alfred um who had charlemagne as a hero but but partly because the letters that charlemagne's spiritual advisor had written he were he had he had bound for him so that that man that advised charlemagne could advise him as a king as well and so he conquered a people group and gave them the option of be baptized or be ex um, ex exiled. exiled yeah. Right. And they decided to be baptized as well. Uh, and so you get the Dane, Dane laws and you get this stuff that grows out of that um, situation, but they didn't, they looked at the people group um, and said that by, that, that by faith um, that uh, if they, if they join with God, then they can be with us, right? They're they're by sight. Their culture is different. They're you know that um, the the Danes were pirates. Basically, they were pirates that got um, that that got turned that got conquered. Um, and uh, the and he said, if if we baptize them, give them a Christ, give their kids a Christian education. If they start coming into worship. Um, then the then the the sacraments um the worship of the lord the the liturgy the the uh, and then the christian culture that that they are joined to will sort out um what needs to be preserved and what will go away mm. right it's cuz the real thing the real way to preserve anything is to bring it before the lord in worship and it will be sorted there Right, bring it before the Lord for judgment, and it will be sorted there. If you want to know if a music, if music is good, good music or bad music, start writing, start setting psalms to it. Start writing hymns in that, and start singing worship music in that in that music, and it will it will sift quickly mm. um, because you bring it before the Lord for judgment, and the Spirit of God will judge what's good and preserve it, and what's bad, and it will go away. Uh, the 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 true preservative is worship is the is the is the worship of God, and um, the uh, by sight that those people shouldn't have been able to join together, but by faith he saw the possibilities of them coming in. Right now, it was not a free for all, and it was the the requirement was hey come come join yourself to the Lord, right? So it's not secular multiculturalism, but it, the, the, it is not, but that's, but it's also a full rejection of Carl Linnaeus, right? Do you think the, the, yeah, it's a, the taxonomy, yeah. I see they that. got their taxonomy from the, from what they, from their cosmology, 
right? Their I, their cosmology gave them a different taxonomy. There is that's interesting, and I, so let me and and so correct me if I get this wrong, then. But I think a lot of people are seeing, um, are hearing the call, "Hey, come before the Lord," and then they feel like though what this kind of imperialistic reality is like, and here's what that looks like, and but it's all things that are really underneath the subculture of that instead of the covenantal realities of that. So then we get an imperialistic concept put over the top of the covenant realities. And I think that's what some people are sniffing. They're like, well, well, what does that, what does that, what does that mean? What does that look like? What is, what is, you know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Yeah. Imperialism is unavoidable. Yes. It's only a question of who's the emperor. Right. But, and, but and right. exactly. And so that's what I mean by what's getting layered in there is, oh, I don't even know a better way to say it. Um, this is where a lot of people are saying, well, this is, this is white. This is Anglo-Saxism. And it's like, sure. I, I have no problem with some of that being what it is, but it's, it's almost as like, well, that's Christianity. And that's what we're defending. You see what I'm saying? And it's like, yes. instead, instead of it being, this is the way in which Anglo-Saxism has been baptized through Christianity. What does yours look like baptized through Christianity? There's right. no, there, but there's no real question about what that, that second half is not favorable. No, I, th- I think you're right. I don't, I think that is not the, um, That's what I think people are picking up on. That Nobody's happening. having that fight yet. Nobody's having that fight yet or argument, conversation yet. That's what I want to have that conversation. It's like, so then, you know, um, because if, yeah, anyway. But it, but it's, yeah, it's the, because the principle is um, if, if you want to save your life, then you need to give it up, right? The principle is if you want to save your culture, yeah, quote unquote culture if you want to say yeah you need to give it up to the lord and um if you want to lose it then hold on to it really tightly and um you know he and you'll lose it uh whereas if you give it up to the lord you receive it back um washed and cleaned and baptized and um o- over the course of generations and it's that but it's that way for, and it's that way for every group of people you know the indian church right now in india is is that's what they're dealing with. The Chinese church is dealing with that. The, in the, the Middle East, when, you know, I was in, um, uh, De Hook and talking with the pastors there as they were dealing with the reality of church of, of it being of Christianity being made legal for the first time in over a thousand years. Um, and now it's back under the, it's now it's dealing with the Islamic the Syrian are doing are awful and are uh, the Syrian army right now is doing terrible stuff over there. But, um, but they, you know, they're, um, and, but what was interesting is how easy it was to slip into the worship service of this Iraqi church. Um, even though I didn't speak the language because as soon as we got before the Lord in worship, it was obvious that we were of the same um, people, you know. Yeah, but, but but you know, having dinner and things, you know, all sorts of 
I mean, they, they thought radical we were, differences. I'm sure radical differences. They couldn't believe we ate bacon. Oh and yeah. They, 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 so <laughs> they good. Like, I, pigs, you know, they, 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 they were like, well, do you eat dog too? That was the question when they found out we ate pig. Like, oh, do you eat dog too? Cause they were in the same category, pig and dog. Uh, no, we're Christians. <laughs> um, <laughs> so let me, let me kind of poke this from the other side too. I think it is, in the West, a lot of the Western culture, or let me try and be more specific, a lot of the, well, that's not fair to say either. In the West, the association between Anglo-Saxon culture and Christianity are so intertwined um, that it's hard for, I think, a lot of people to, to see those as different, right, in, in the yeah. West. It, in, um, in America, at least. In America, America yeah, though, America. Yeah. Let's, let me say that. Um, and that's what it pr primarily what I was thinking about in America. Um, and so there is a concerted effort from the multiculturalism that is out right now to try and not separate those. Actually, I think try and separate those two. But in the meantime, burn the Christianity off the Anglo-Saxism, too. Right. Yeah. So I've even seen black people saying, hey, white folks, you have to f find whatever your nationality is and cling to it for dear life. Right. Just like we're doing with black. And I'm like, the heck? <laughs> like, like, uh, and that's inside of Christendom. Right? right. And so they're trying, but I think it's an exerted, concerted effort to try and burn off the Christendom from that tie. Right? If, if my family for five or six generations have known nothing but Christianity, you know, that's going to be so intermingled and so intertwined that you're not going to be able to separate our culture and Christianity from each other. So if you try, you're, you're going to, you're only intending to burn both things down. Right. And I think yeah. that that's a reality. Um, and part of the pushback coming from a lot of folks that they see those two things under attack, right. That's there's. Um, and so I can, I can understand some of the. Yeah. Response. But I, I think though the, the question I think we can, and this is this is where I think sometimes we get crosswise, um, and talk past one another. And why I want, why I think it's important to actually be having the conversation because I think we all agree on what to put off. It's the question of then what do we put on? I don't think we agree on what to put off. Well, I don't think anybody's arguing. Okay. This is where maybe you can show me up on my ignorance. But are there Christians out there arguing for secular multiculturalism? Are there Christians out there arguing for like polytheism in the marketplace? Or, uh, um, yes and no. I think there are. Some. I think the, there's a lot of Christians still arguing for the classical liberal order. In a lot of ways, so okay. I don't. So I think that that's depending on how you, how far you want to go and how much you want to put that on them. But I think there are a group of that. Yeah. But honestly, but I, I when you talk yeah. about put off, I, I guess put off what and where. So like, what if you if the if you've got the secular homogenization that that push that's going on right now that is at root socialism or communism or something along those lines, um, that wants to all, get all the way down to gender in terms of the homogenization. Um, mm -hmm. the, I think we all agree 
that is a problem. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Th- that push, we 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 don't want that for America. Right? We don't want the homogenization. Um that because it is i think a really is a an attempt to return to some sort of um statist paganism you know so we all look in that and agree we don't want that that's what i mean we want to put that off okay fair enough but then but then when we start saying what's the thing what is the thing that will hold it to will hold things together i think that's where you start to get a whole bunch of different answers right now Mm. you've got everything from like america grew out of the dna of the anglo-saxons i heard somebody actually say that Mm -hmm. which is which is so compromised in (laughs) that that's that is that is so compromised with a secular worldview with a modernist secular post-enlightenment anti-christian worldview that a christian saying that um uh, is basically is trying to refry some paganism and you know serve it up they're like hey that pancake's terrible flip it over and we'll serve it and and now now i'm serving it and so it's good right they're saving serving the same pancake um the uh, um all the way to to people that are you know, arguing for the restoration of Christendom. Um, you've got a really broad swath, you know, the restoration of Christendom where each um, e- each nation has its own um, you know, ambassador to the Holy Roman Empire. And you've got the the layered authorities of of Holy Roman Empire and e- international ecclesiastical structures is it integralism integralism is that how you say that is that kind of what that is integralism which i see a lot of my guys like um uh michael fallon those he's he's concerned about that type of setup because it's kind of roman catholic integralism right uh i i haven't heard it called integralism but i think that is um it the first round of it in the west was roman catholic but you've got folks arguing for a return to something along those lines, right? So you've you've got everything from like it here's what we here's what we can replace this secular push for homogenization. So and and like you you have like the the communists in Russia got rid of dresses for women because they wanted homogenization like it gets all the way down mm. to the mm-hmm. to that level mm-hmm. in communism mm-hmm. everybody wears the same clothes men and women wear the same clothes um you, you've got one set of clothes for all the workers and they you know they all wear the same thing um they got they were getting they got rid of the seven day calendar in at, during the french revolution like the homogenization because of 10 is a 10 day calendar um, you know, where nine days on and one day off is better math. As or long something. as it doesn't model the creation of God, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. So, I think you've got this push to homogenize on the left um, that we all want to resist, but I think the disagreement is in the in the goals. 
And I think that's the conversation that needs to happen. And it needs to happen in an honest way where we can all say, hey, we all agree on that, right? Yes. Okay. So, so what's the, what are we, what are we arguing for? Let's let iron sharpen iron. And in an honest, open discussion where we don't have to come to the same agreement, but we can like believe each other to be honest, have that conversation. That's, that's what I think doesn't I wanna, happen. I, I'm going to, I'm going to say, I want to have that conversation. I really do. And here's, I've been around long enough to say that there's a few controversies that I've seen that bother me. And this starts to feel a little bit like some of those. Um, I remember the emergent movement when it first happened and it first came out. I remember early 2000s and when Todd was on, Todd Frio was on the streets evangelizing and witnessing. We were at the college campuses and all of a sudden people were denying truth. It was the first time I've ever heard anything so stupid in my life. I don't believe in truth. Like you just made a truth claim. Like, uh, there's no such thing as true. You can do whatever you want to do. And, and, and this was early to the end just went crazy. And then we started seeing it happen like four or five or six years later, even in the church. So we have Doug Padgett and Brian McLaren and the emergent, emergent movement that started permeating the church. And, and there were a lot of people who got lost in that movement because they were saying the church is stale. Um, yeah. You know, and they might have been right, right? The majority of churches— trying to find a good Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church um, it was stale. And, then, and so you have that. And so, but they weren't being honest about their terms. They weren't being—everything was movable. Um, you know, the way that they used Scripture was in a form that was—it could be manipulated where you couldn't get them to give a clear answer about anything. And so they lived in the shadows and was able to move about and continue to go on, and we couldn't come to a conclusion about— if they were Orthodox or not, right? Are they Christians? Right. And they kind of, we don't know what they are. Um, when you had some guys that joined themselves with them early on, yes, yes. then sounded the alarm, right? That was like the Young Wesleyan Reform Lord, guys, you know, yeah. Yep. Yeah, who, who he's like, hey, everybody, Miller? these guys yep. in, the, in the back rooms are not Orthodox. Yeah, I remember. So, uh, run, um, run away. <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of guys who, the Young Resistance Reform Movement blended in with the emergent movement at the time. Yeah. Because they didn't have a place in evangelicalism with the way that they dressed, the things they wore, the kind of style of church they were having. They just didn't fit in traditional evangelicalism. So they blended in really well with the emergent church. And so that's how, you know, they, they, yeah. they got them. And so the emergent church movement, and then, you know, um, Anyway, there's there's a so I've seen enough of these that when they come up, I'm like, let's do something really clear. Let's get to what these terms mean, because if we don't have understanding of if I don't have understanding of what you're trying to communicate and what you're trying to do, and I'm on the team, right? Then I'm wondering what is what are we trying to hide? And I and, and everybody's like, oh, you haven't done enough reading. Look, you can't tell me that. <laughs> That's not fair. Like, you know, that's not fair. I've, I've been on this game for a Christian nation before some of y'all were even born. So I, you don't get to tell me that, you know, I'm sorry. I'm pulling some you. Yeah. I'm boomering you right now. Whatever. Okay. okay boomer. Yeah. I'm, I'll take that one, you know, yeah. but that's all you got in your back pocket. I got history. Right. So I've been in this game way before you. And so, and I, and so I, and I'm, I've been going this direction. And so I totally believe in the idea and the mission. I'm post-millennial in every way with that. Right. But I'm trying to figure out what do we mean by some of these terms and then what does it look like to enact them? 
And then what yeah. limits our ability once we, once our faithfulness is proved and the evidence of that over time leads to success, what does it look like when we have the rightful authority to enact biblical law in a nation? Let's, I want to have those conversations because if I'm cheering for you to get there, I want to make sure that I'm selecting the right person who's going to be a good representative or is at least teaching the kind of things that will help develop a good representative for my grandkids, right? And so I want to, I'm just trying to, I was just, at this point, I just want to have a, let's, what do you call this? A terms meeting. Let's just lay out the terms, lay out the words. Yeah. Let's talk about what we mean with this and what does this look like? And then we can, I've totally hijacked everything you wanted to talk about today. My bad. No, that's okay. I think, I mean, I think this though, wasn't even planned. This wasn't even a planned conversation. This is a conversation no, I need to have with you. Yeah. The, so, and, but this is where, cause like I come at these, I, I, because of my, like my ignorance in terms of like the last 30 years of debates, <laughs> my, I tend to have, you know, an old, older debates in my head than the, the most recent ones. Um, when when i like I, I look at it and think you, you know um in the in ezra when it's time to rebuild and they say yeah hooray we're so excited let's run off where we're going to rebuild we've got the opportunity and then they say where should we start and everybody looks around and says does anybody even know what we're rebuilding and then they're like well there's that dude right. ezra right he's been in the library he's been in the library let's go get him um my that's when i look at it who i look at it and think we don't have we um we don't everybody doesn't need to have a solid understanding and education but we need we need some people that do understand um this stuff where are you know where, where are they going to come from and so that's the other question that I would have is um, we need a terms discussion and we need a, is it what, if you were to practically lay out how to get from here to there, what in your mind, what does that look like? Because I think that people that um, there's two kinds of, there's actually two debates going on right now. And the first one is what's the ideal? And that's a debate that I think is really important and needs to happen. And we need to get to, you know, what, what are we shooting for? Um, Chesterton says that uh, when everything gets turned around, you actually need somebody uh, and you need an impractical man <laughs> to come in and remind us of the ideal that gets us. Cause that gets us reoriented in the right direction. Mm. Um, and we, I don't think we agree on the ideal right now. So I think that's a, that's where if we don't if we got to get our really our terms in order we got to get so that's the that's one of the questions is well what's actually the ideal and then the other is um and i think we need to separate it out from the practical discussion right because i think we've got revolutionaries in our midst and that's um and we need to be able to say um is do if if there's going to need to be a revolution right then where 
not generally speaking christians haven't transformed through revolution right that has not that's not been the normal way that christians um so what do you think about america america itself i don't yeah that i mean i think we resisted king george's attempt at a revolution Mm. so i think king george tried to reorder um the reorder agreement. the empire re- yeah. reorder the british empire um uh, away from the the medieval covenantal um you know rights of an englishman style empire mm. um and when he tried to reorder it we said whoa 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 you can't the british the the government of the the uh the the british government can't tax us they're not our authority we're the we that's not how this works there's um this has never been how it works so the declaration of independence i mean they and they attempted to get king george to uh keep his covenant vows or to keep his to keep his covenant fulfill his covenant responsibilities um but he didn't and so we had to defend ourselves against a uh, a conquering enemy the British were, they were a conquering enemy because mm. they were trying to reorganize um, the, uh, the, the governmental system that had been, that we had been put in place by the throne. Um, and the throne refused to protect us from the redcoats who were the, so, uh, and so the King was working together to, a revolt against the historic uh the 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 actual legal system so he, they were attempting to overthrow the legal system we said no we want to keep it in place and then we overthrew it and wrote a new constitution but that's a whole nother discussion <laughs> man all right <laughs> but I'm then not... it got voted in legally so it still is the legal law, it's the legal law just law. like just like joe biden voted in legally uh... Here you go. All right. Uh, Well, you know, (laughs) after, after they cheated at the, all over the country, they, he still got, he's still the legal president because we don't vote presidents in our, the electoral college makes the president. And then they did that. They made Joe Biden the president. You can't, you starting stuff right when we end it. I'm done. I'm not talking to you anymore. That's it. That's enough. (laughs) 